The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio. Seven and a half minutes past the hour. Let's get to our first guest on the show today, Charo Chanana, market strategist at Saxo Capital Markets. Charo, a bad year for risk assets just got a lot worse. Does this, in your mind, bring into the picture now the June lows? And in fact, how likely do you think it is that we not only test those lows, but actually take them out to the downside? Uh, good morning, Brian. Thank you for having me. And absolutely, I mean, look at, you know, the stock market declines we've had yesterday, and that was just a one-day effect. Uh, certainly, I mean, you know, the macro headwinds are really on the rise. I mean, we've been calling for higher for longer inflation, and certainly that has been proved to be the case yesterday. So, of course, not just um, the June lows, but lower lows are ahead for equity markets in this environment. And, uh, I mean, I do think uh, these will come with bear market rally. It's not going to be a straight path down, uh, you know, because uh, market expectations for the Fed have obviously gotten a bit too aggressive. So these will keep a little bit of a volatility there in the picture and we might continue to see some bear market rallies. But overall, the trend will remain down and we will see lower lows ahead. Charlie, uh, it seemed as though the baby was thrown out of the bathwater and, you know, we were hearing from somebody from JP Morgan Asset Management suggesting that, hey, hang on a second, it is down though, inflation is down, you know, let's not just uh, think that it's all going wrong, it's just a bit slower the progress than uh, perhaps anticipated. Um, no, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it's down from the eight and a half percent last month to eight point three percent, if you call that down. But we have to keep the reference in mind, which is the Fed's two percent target. Right. So uh, and right now, the terminal rate pricing, even though it has been revised much higher yesterday after the print, we're still at a terminal rate pricing of about four point three percent next year in terms of the Fed's funds rate. Uh, so what does that mean? That that still leaves, uh, you know, real rates in negative territory for us. Uh, so, of course, that remains a concern. Concern. And that does mean that, uh, you know, we will continue to see the impact of that in businesses and markets and stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, uh, I think it's not about the peak inflation, but what we really need to be concerned here is how fast it comes down to the two to three percent levels mm. that we should ideally see and how, uh, you know, um, I mean, how fast it will get there and then uh, how long that will take. Right. So, so, so those are, I think, really points of reference. This really could change the mindset here um, on this number. Um, would, would you agree that there now are much higher risks that the Fed goes too far, that it will slam the economy into recession, uh, and that, um, you know, that it's almost to be expected? 
I mean, the situation, uh, if you do compare it to what happened in the 70s, you know, I mean, it was a very similar situation. And of course, we did see a deep recession at that point of time. And uh, after yesterday's print as well, I mean, we've been seeing calls for a 100 basis points rate hike for September. And, you know, like I said, a much higher terminal rate as well. Uh, but that being said, I mean, from what I've seen, you know, with Powell's uh, messages in the last few months, we might see a big hike, uh, but it is generally toned down a little bit with a little bit of a softer commentary around it. Uh, mm. uh, so I think, you know, the response from Powell will certainly be different from what we've seen from Paul Falker in um, 1970s. Uh, yeah. It won't be as aggressive. I think we are a little bit more cognizant of the fact that, you know, growth uh, is it is going to slow down, but we hopefully should not be seeing a big crash. And I yeah. think we're obviously well, also a little be, bit more cognizant of markets. There will be those that are calling for um, a less aggressive Fed because they're concerned Concerned about recession, uh, right? Well, we've got this CPI read out of the way here. Um, does it move the dial really in any meaningful way with regards to the Fed? Because it did seem as though they were going to do seventy-five basis points on September the twentieth, no matter what. Uh, yes, exactly. I think the 75 basis points was baked in, but I think now we are getting above that and there are some calls for 100 basis points move. I would uh, usually, I think, uh, ignore that. But I think the most interesting part there was the Wall Street Journal uh, you know, reporter, Tim Rouse, who was actually considered as the Fed's voice, especially in blackout, blackout period. <laughs> he also actually hinted uh, you know, uh, that at least the 75 basis points rate hike in September is warranted. Uh, so I think there is some expectation uh, that it could go beyond 75 but I wouldn't bet my life on it actually I think yeah. what is more relevant here is you know how, how high it can go and we are now actually looking at a terminal rate of 4.3 percent so so that's that's a pretty good number above four percent already uh, potentially yeah. could go up a little bit more but uh, I think I, I think that's that's more important I think we need to push out the easing expectations from next year as well that's well, well let's let's talk about the counter to that because I mentioned that Jeff Gunlock was one there may be others uh, uh, Gunlock said he'd only do 25 basis points at the meeting because he thinks the Fed hasn't paused long enough to see what the what sort of effect the rates that have already been done will have. Um, do you think there's much resonance for that view? I mean, I think uh, the pre uh, Fed pretty much has an idea that whatever they've done is is really not sufficient to get inflation down to levels where they want to see it. Uh, so, I mean, of course, uh, there's been, you know, some carnage in the markets and uh, businesses will see an impact. But of course, that's not their focus right now. Uh, so, of course, they will slow it down from here at some point um, and start taking into account, uh, you know, how things are shaping up. But right now, I think it's still the time where they need to do it. A lot more, and they pretty much understand that. Uh, Jared, the thing is, this is different the situation when you look at uh, uh, the rates uh, landscape in uh, the US compared to, let's say, Europe. Now, Europe, you've got also acutely high inflation, but you also have an energy crisis which is much deeper and one which is sending bills soaring, which in itself is an interest rate hike. Do you think that uh, these two different uh, scenarios are playing out worse for Europe? Um, absolutely. If you look at it in the relative sense, I mean, I do see that the headwinds are far more in Europe, and especially in terms of, you know, the recession concerns or the stagflation concerns, even though inflation concerns are pretty much similar. Uh, so what that means is, I mean, last week, you know, it, uh, towards the end of the week, when we started seeing the dollar take a turn lower, and that was because ECB was 
uh, being a little bit more hawkish than expected. I mean, it did go for a 75 basis points, but the outlook was also pretty much more hawkish than what the markets were expecting. And we did see some positive response from the euro. But I mean, you've seen it's, it's all been erased and we are now again below parity. And that very well kind of goes to say that the, uh, the room for Fed to be relatively more hawkish than the ECB is certainly you know, higher. So let's talk a little bit about strategy. Uh, we've just gone through how the U.S. is in trouble, Europe is in trouble, and we know that China is in trouble. Um, the bond market, investing with yields up here over 4% or so at some point, probably soon, uh, for a lot of these um, uh, leading notes and, and bonds, uh, that will attract some money, especially when you see stocks falling like this. What's the level, do you think, where buyers will come in, you know, full, you know, fully charged? Oh, that's a great question, Brian. I think in terms of, you know, the U.S. yields, uh, right now, the critical point in the 10-year period is obviously the 3.5% and a break uh, above that, again, would see, I think, a big response uh, from the equity markets, from the dollar as well. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, given that we are at a terminal rate of 4% plus now, there is still some potential to go high from there. But we, as, as we approach that 4% level in the 10-year, I, I think that will be certainly a point where we could start to see things turn around. Uh, a peaking of yields, uh, certainly, I think at that point, uh, even Charu. though we might still see some more Fed rate hikes from there. Charu, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Charu Chanana there, market strategist at Saxo Capital. <laughs> markets discussing the fallout from that hotter than expected CPI reading in the United States. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.